Well, hello there. What's up, people? It's the other side. I'm Cody Byer. I'm Max Vader. I'm Andrew Turner, the new improved version who tests well with teenage audiences. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell by that, we watched the Death Note movie. That's what this episode is about. But before we get started, I hear you guys been playing that fucking Pokemon Uranium thing. Yeah, I haven't. I oh, have. I thought yeah. Okay, I knew one of you was. How's that going? Because I hear it's shit. It is. You heard right. <laughs> like pretty much every Pokemon fan game, they're all terrible. Every one of them. Yeah, I said this, in the Discord. This was the one where um, the game has a built-in Nuzlocke mode, right? And it's impossible to win if you choose the Grass Starter, because the first battle you have against the uh, rival character, you know, he'll pick the Water Starter. The water starter has static, so you'll be paralyzed because your only offensive move is scratch. So you'll be paralyzed, he'll outdamage you, and you will lose right then and there. And that's your Nuzlocke challenge. <laughs> also, also, brilliant move, making the water starter have static. Also, wasn't this, wasn't this the game that had your mother as a villain and her Pokemon was literally Chernobyl? Yeah, because there's that whole um, that opening cutscene where your mother seemingly dies in a, you know, Pokemon Chernobyl, because that <laughs> that belongs in a Pokemon game. Your mom dying whole, in a nuclear whole, meltdown. The whole game's about radiation, and it's very edgy. Oh yeah, there's a new nuclear yep. type, so you have stuff like nuclear EV evolution. Yeah, it's you'd think like a combination of Pokemon and Stalker would be awesome. But instead, it's just shit. To be fair, they only had nine years to make the game. Oh, oh well, yeah, if it took nine years to make. <laughs> I want to talk about how awesome Pokemon Uranium is! Nine years in RPG Maker, like Windows XP Edition. Yeah. Wow. Oh my word. Yeah, also the nuclear type is super effective against almost everything, I think. Because it's the super special awesome type. It's super mm. amazing. All, all my edgy OCs specialize in it. Original type. And... Do not steal. <laughs> they have capes and or long jackets. Nuclear, the type. Sun grow up to be radioactive and despise me forever. <laughs> <laughs> and like Nine Inch Nails, the band in Jinko Jeans. Well, I mean, Radioactive was a shitty song, wasn't it? So. Oh, actually, speaking of Pokemon Uranium, the, every single one of these goddamn fan games has many things in common, one of them, of course, being horrible designs. Oh, yeah, original but... Pokemon. I have never seen a Pokemon fan game that had a cool original Pokemon. The one that got closest to having, like, I, I wouldn't even say decent designs, but at least stuff that vaguely amused me was the fucking 4chan meme game mm. and that's only because they had one decent visual joke and it was a it was a pokemon that was a pizza slice oh i thought you're going to go and for the is that the one with the suicide bomber lizard that one's funny too yeah but like, the thing with the pizza slice is, like, the, the cheese on the pizza forms into, like, an anime girl. 
<laughs> do, you, do you get it? It's cheese pizza. Oh no. Is this some John Podesta shit? Well, yeah. Oh no. That's that's the joke. Because, like, cheese pizza abbreviated is CP, which yeah. is, yeah. Well, that's actually supposedly an actual code. That's where Pizzagate came from. Well, well then. It mutated into blaming this one pizza parlor, which is how Pizzagate turned stupid, but initially it was when WikiLeaks released the Podesta emails, there was a lot of very obvious uh, code language, including that one that was straight up incriminating, and it bothers me that it never went anywhere. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It was like, oh, uh, there was like that, that napkin with a pizza-related map on it, and it's like, uh, something about bringing your own cheese or whatever, and then just says, I'll bring uh, Mandy and Elizabeth, age 6 and 12. We'll bring, have They're them waiting. In the pool for entertainment. Yeah, they'll be waiting in the pool for your entertainment. It's like, up, up, <laughs> Subtle. No, do you, don't you get it? He, he just likes to see children play in the pool. Uh, it's because he wants to have children one day. It's wholesome <laughs> and uh, wonderful to watch and totally, you know. Podesta and, Ross. And if, you don't, and if you don't believe him, he's gonna drink bleach. <laughs> you mean Febreze? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, as I wanted to say about the fan games, as much as the term has been beaten to death, it really applies here. Every single fan game I've seen has been like the most edgy shit in the universe. Yes. Oh, yeah, like Pokemon Reborn, where you have tears <laughs> blow up your train in the opening. <laughs> yeah. I forgot oh, is that the one that's that like one. super supposed to, you know, this is Pokemon, but it's dark. I forgot if it was that one or another one. I can't keep track of all these goddamn fan games anymore. But there was one where the villain is like this psychotic girl and she kills the League champion. It's Reborn. And then, yeah, and then she takes out like some guy's eye and tortures everyone. She's and... a villain, too. I know that. It's fucking retarded. I need to see yeah. if they've got that one on the forum yet, because I know there's somebody who's reviewing Pokemon fan games on there. Pokemon Reborn is so autistic it makes me vomit rainbow puzzle pieces. <laughs> like, also, I... you can choose your gender. Oh, yeah, you other... could, yeah, you could be agender snowflake shit in that game. Yep. Like, I, that, it, it, it's so autistic. Like, it's just, I am, I am an adult, but inside I'm a child, and I need my child things to be adult like me, so I don't feel shame for being heavily invested in a children's video game series. I just love that they keep these conventions from the series, like, alright, here's our dark and edgy story about terrorism and people committing suicide. Are you a boy or a girl or <laughs> other? It's like a dark and edgy game about terrorists and suicide and gouging people's eyes out. And you send Pikachu after them. <laughs> now go collect badges. So you're fucking pathetic, dude. Yeah, or the, or they had that scene with like a Garchomp biting some dude's head off. <laughs> fucking oh, fifteen right. year old. I'm gonna tell shit. a mature story. Oddish, you sweet scent. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking, just go fuck yourself. All oh, honestly, you honestly, like even that one Pokemon. Porn story is better. Remember the one with the hilarious face? Oh god, yeah! I really wish we could do some kind of video oh. thing on that. But then, yeah. like, what would we do about the everything in it? I'm disappointed I that I know exactly looked... what you're talking about. 
I recently think it... I looked it up again because I wanted to see if there were more faces and yeah, they're <laughs> fucking fantastic. <laughs> I think I don't know if we mentioned the podcast, but someone brought to our attention that there is a Pokemon porn comic about the main focus on fucking a Gardevoir and it has the most batshit insane plot. That's what we were told. Like, this is fucking Pokemon porn comic with a plot that is like, there's something wrong with you, bro. What is going on with this shit? This is fucking crazy. But then you read it, and then what we weren't informed of was that it, it is a, it is a cornucopia of reaction faces. The faces in this fucking comic are just, just something from another world. They're either terribly drawn or they're well drawn and they're fucking insane. <laughs> These are the faces of evil. You must <laughs> conquer each. <laughs> I always I always like the part that you could tell with the artist and who is also the guy that wrote it. You could tell what he, parts he cared about like the guard of war chick is impeccably drawn. I will give this guy all the credit in the world. He is a good artist. The Gardevoir chick is impeccably drawn. All the details and shading and realistic proportions and everything. And then you see the guy in his fucking derp face that was obviously drawn, like, with his fucking armpit or something. <laughs> Just didn't fucking care about the thing. Oh, all the fucking details and, and perfect line work of my fucking Gardevoir waifu and her tits. And make sure we get a sense of how... Jiggly they are, whatever the fuck. And then you see the guy's faces, I'm like, fuck, whatever. Just fucking put some eyes, I don't care. Mouth goes somewhere around there. <laughs> you have you have not lived until you have seen Gothiel screech out, Bitch, what? <laughs> and, like, uh... It's just so... And it's so weird, too, because, like, even the shading's kind of different on the dude... So it's just it, it's just the most uneven looking thing, and that's hilarious to me. And then the fucking faces, and then the story, and then are you like, sure it is this... multiple artists? No, it's the same guy. Oh, because I I just have this mental image of this guy painstakingly filling out all the Gardevoir parts. Then he's like, "All right, here, cousin Jimmy, you can do the rest." <laughs> <laughs> Would explain the dialogue. Yeah, the, or the, the fact that the plot is so ridiculously elaborate yet makes no sense and is stupid and pointless. Yeah, it's insane. And like, dude, you couldn't just draw a comic about a Gardevoir getting fucked. You had to do all this and none of it makes sense. It's the most insane shit I've ever read. It's batshit retarded. This is like so, this is like the fucking climax to Wolf's Reign with <laughs> fucking titties. Like at the beginning, for instance, the main character, um, the, the Gardevoir, I think, tries to seduce him. I think it's called Deception. That was the name of it. Deception. Yeah. I remember it was like a one-word thing. Yeah. Uh, the Gardevoir, I think, tries to seduce him, but at that point, she's in her disguised form, which I don't remember why she did that. But she had that disguise, and she was like looking like a curlier. And then he was like, nah, I can't do that. But then it's like, uh, oh no, wait, it's actually a Gardevoir. And then he's pretty much like, oh, that changes everything. <laughs> because reasons. And yeah, it's fucking weird. I think my favorite stupid scene is when, when he's once again, like, <laughs> fucking the Gothiel and the Gardevoir. And the, uh, what's that male Gardevoir evolution? pot? Yeah, that thing. Like her... I don't believe I, I read even, this part. Yeah, I didn't... Yeah, it's from the recent ones. Mm. I don't even know what the fuck, but he is standing there, 
and then he tries not to get hard. And mind you, like the Gardevoir erection isn't even like a penis or anything. It's just, it's just like the white part on his crotch bulging out. Like that's it's pants. Like pants, yeah. <laughs> but that isn't even the funny part. The funny part is like he actually gets angry at his boner for getting <laughs> erect, and then screams that his penis is betraying him or something like that. <laughs> and he flips the fuck out over it. Betrayal. Well, I- I just wish I could see the face. I'm yeah, sure the face like is amazing. The, it is. While the Gothiel and the uh, other one, the Gardevoir, are like, lezzing out to troll him. I don't remember why. <laughs> but they're doing that and it's working. And the main character, the guy with the weird face. <laughs> okay, that's not very specific. But the main, <laughs> the human main character. Um... Uh, I guess he felt left out or whatever, and he just grabbed the Gardevoir's feet and started going <laughs> at it. What the fuck? And even, and even they're like, wait, what? <laughs> what is this comic? There was one part of it, though, that was legitimately funny. I did like this line. It wasn't like a huge laugh funny, but it was a good line. Where there was a, there was a um, graveler trying to keep the Galade from going in there and seeing all the sexons. And he's like, taking up the whole doorway... And, uh, he says something like, uh, you're, like, you're blocking the way through, let me, let me in. It's like, uh, but, but Mr. Gallet, there is no way through. I have replaced it. And I just like that line. It's a funny little thing, it was clever. That's the best compliment I could give, like, legit compliment, besides fucking the faces. The faces are wonderful. You just go through every page and just crop a face per page. <laughs> or two. Yeah, this is the fucking reaction image treasure trove it's amazing it's also kind of gross it just gets in a weird weird levels of detail like i know porn and everything but like it's this feels i don't know what it is about it but there's just something skeevy going on there maybe it's the pseudo bestiality of the fact it's pokemon i don't care if they have human forms this is a fucking animal creature there's just something about it. It's just, I feel like I gotta take a shower after looking at that comic, but it's worth the shower because of those fucking reaction faces. But all. No. Oh, what? No, I was just gonna say, like, is it, like, technically really bestiality, though, considering that, like, there's sentient creatures? Well, see, I don't know, but it's just so weird. There's just something that you see, like, this isn't just porn that I'm looking at here. This is some fucking niche shit. I have gone into, I have, like, gone into the back room that I shouldn't have gone into. Like, it has that feeling to it. That's, I can't, it is a, it is a visceral and irrational feeling, but it's a feeling, it's fucking weird. It's just, it just feels like I shouldn't be here whenever I look at that comic. But I have to, because I have to see the new faces. I have to see the new weird plot developments. That thing is fucked up. I mean, I haven't read in a while, but... Like, it's just so fucked up. It's just like such... It's like a weird... Fucking X-rated Tommy Wiseau shit. It just feels like a human didn't write this. <laughs> this is some kind of alien <laughs> shit. Oh my god, really? It's like Tommy Wiseau. It's like, what is going on? This is this does not seem like something a human being wrote. Like, it has that feeling like an alien is really into fucking Earth movies, and he tried writing one of his own. Like, it has that kind of feel that that kind of feeling like Tommy Wiseau gives you. This comic gives you that because you see the storyline and some of this dialogue. It's like, human didn't write this. Fucking alien that's really into Pokemon porn comics wrote this. 
Yeah, he tried like writing his own. Trainer, and then the trainer <laughs> fell off the cliff and died. <laughs> For no real reason, I think. <laughs> it's been a while since I've read it. But Fucking goddamn! T- keep telling these people not to go near the drama cliffs. <laughs> you always fall off these things. You know what I always found funny? <clears throat> like, uh, all these guys seem to portray Gardevoir as shapely, but. Even disregarding look at looking at what the actual Gardevoir looks like, uh, Gardevoirs are based on these Japanese paper dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Give your dick a paper cut. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's why they're so weirdly slim in the actual games. No, we have to put some hips on there. We gotta fuck it. We gotta put. We gotta make sure we draw their ass and vagina in the most excruciating detail I've ever seen. I think that's one of the reasons that comic weirds me out. <laughs> it's just so much- I mean, it's really well drawn, but it's too well drawn, if you know what I mean. Like, you- how many hours did you spend on those pussy lips? Like, that's weird, man! <laughs> it's fucking weird! It's too- there's too much love and care put into that Guard of War's ass. There's too much love and care. Look, the you artist, need the artist just took Pokemon's message to heart. He set out <laughs> to be the very best. <laughs> <laughs> also, to be entirely fair to the porn artist, if the Gardevoirs they drew had the proportions they had in the actual video game, it would kind of be even weirder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird fucking comic. If anything, that's why people should go look it up. If you jack off to it, though, there's something wrong with you. Don't jack off to that. Don't don't jack off to that. That's weird. You're weird. Uh, I, I, actually, I think there's like two distinctions of Pokemon porn. Like the way that these people draw that. Like there's this stuff, and then there's the ones that draw them like the actual Pokemon. That's even worse. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do Th- that. Those... And they always have them, like, act like animals, too. Because those are the guys from the, well, for lack of a better term, furry fandom. That's the Pokemon even lupuses, basically. Yeah, who are into, uh, what was the word for that again? Zoophilia? No, I mean, like, the the guys that are, the furries that are into, like, actual feral animals, that sort of shit. Zoophilia. It's zoophilia. Yeah, that that was it, the zoophiles. Yeah. Y'all make me sick. Y'all make me sick. Seems like one of those things where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, because if you're in it for the Pokemon, that's bestiality. If you're in it for the human cast, well, almost all of them are kids, except for, like, Cynthia. (laughs) She's the one safe character. (laughs) And, like, maybe a couple other Elite Four members. But those aren't the ones that I I guarantee those aren't the ones with, like, the mountains of porn. I actually wonder if... I wonder if, like, Misty and May are still big on the porn because they've been gone for years well uh, misty is coming back well yeah but like i I feel like i I feel like the the porn people may have moved on to like whoever the new girl is now oh actually oh yeah or like oh god isn't in the cartoon isn't he palling around with iris oh shit (laughs) no that that's been a while ago (laughs) okay good not to imply that there isn't a shit ton of virus. Oh, porn, I but... don't doubt it. I just don't doubt it. Oh, Oingo Boingo, why were you so prophetic? 
But uh, uh, see, she plays to a lot of the fetishes that the uh, anime community has, like being a lowly and also being black in <laughs> some weird way. Yes, I hate the anime community <laughs> so goddamn much. Do I hate them? Ah, uh, but uh, moving on from jacking off to Pokemon. Huh. Bet you didn't think you get that in your fucking Death Note podcast. Hey, some bonus. That's why you listen to the other side. You never know what you're gonna get. We're like a box of chocolates being eaten by a retard on a bench. Well, Pokemon porn is preferable to this movie. <laughs> nah, I'd still take this movie over that shit. Well, that other shit is at least entertaining. Now, what you yeah. need to do is you put Willem Dafoe in Pokemon porn and then you have the best of both worlds. <laughs> Oh, God! <laughs> Just have him voice the Gallade. <laughs> Shall we begin? <laughs> so we watched the Death Note movie. I mean, I'm gonna get my... It sucked. Yeah, of course, it sucked. I mean, there's no surprise there. But we had to see it, and I gotta say, though... No, we didn't. Yes, we did. It's fucking... No, it's didn't. the talk of the town. Of course we gotta see it. Uh, I gotta say, though, it wasn't as bad as everybody was making it out to be. Everybody's acting like it's the fucking second coming of Dragon Ball Evolution. Um, and a lot of a lot of the criticisms that you may have heard a lot, especially on Anna Twitter, I think are just completely unwarranted. Like, there's plenty to criticize in this movie. It's a bad movie, but they did not opt for those. They instead opt for the autistic ones. Like, light's not like he was in the manga. The manga anime light had a whole rig. If you open the drawer, it would set his desk on fire and destroy the Death Note, so you couldn't catch him. And this was like, oops, I almost got caught with it in gym class. It's like, bro. No, he did. Yeah. Bro, this is not the same light. This is clearly not trying to be anything like... He is He is light by virtue of being the main character in a story called Death Note. They are clearly making him nothing like Light Yagami. Light Turner is a completely different version of light. <coughs> he, he is the virgin light to the Chad Yagami. Yeah. But, like, this is nothing... They're basically going for a school shooter outcast type kid. And I respect that decision because that seems like, oh, you get the idea of some kid that gets a book that kills people. Who would go nuts with that? That's that's the kind of character who would go nuts with that. I could buy that. The problem is they cast a motherfucker from the Naked Brothers Band who can't act. <laughs> and this motherfucker was in a fucking Disney Channel sitcom about a shitty Disney Channel band with the worst name ever. Literally the Naked Brothers Band. It's the guy from the Naked Brothers Band. And he, and he, he just can't act. Good gravy. Good golly, Miss Molly. Like, um, the light in this, at least from what I can tell, seems to have been intended to be more sympathetic. Because, like, light in the anime series wasn't really intended to be sympathetic, especially since. Japan doesn't really approve of this whole vigilante concept in the same way that America does. And yet, like, the light in the anime, like, comes off more sympathetic than this fucking guy. And it's one of the reasons he's so fucking whiny. Yeah. And, and if you look at the dialogue on its face, he's kind of whiny, but not that bad. It's this dude. He's just, he's just the worst. He's the fucking worst. I, oh my god, it's your lead actor. Why did you, why did you cast jawless piece of shit? <laughs> Should have cast Leafy. They weren't far off. 
They were not could, far could off from just, Leafy. Could you just imagine that, like, Leafy Yagami? <laughs> He's constantly like got the death s- note up to his face to cover his chin. <laughs> yes. Him sitting there at his desk with a death note instead of eating potato chips is a, oh my god, like, guys, this terrorist is cringe. I'm gonna literally write his name in the death note. Literally. Literally. Oh my god, he's a 55-year-old man. I'm gonna literally write his name down. This wasn't far off from Leafy. Like, the changes they made, I understand. I understand all the changes they made. They had to fit... They really shouldn't have, but they had to fit this whole lengthy story that Death Note had into, or at least the first half with the L thing, into a feature-length movie. So there were some changes had to be made, and I get them. I get why they made the changes they made. The problem was, I and you know what I was thinking about, and I think it boiled down to why this movie is bad. Specifically why this movie is bad. Everything about the movie is actually fine, except the main fucking leads. Everything about them. From their, not only the actors portraying them, their acting, their dialogue. The dialogue for the other characters is fine. There's dumb moments. Don't get me wrong. And the climax of the movie is fucking stupid. That's another reason the movie's bad. But if, aside from that, I'm talking about like as a whole, on average, the main problem with this movie is the worst part about it is the shit that we're focusing on. The other characters are fine. In fact, Ryuk is fantastic in this movie. He's different? Yes. It's still the same gist of what Ryuk was doing in the original series. He puts the Death Note in our world for some fun and amusement because he's bored. Except now he's more actively malicious because he's basically making his own amusement. Before he would just drop the b- book with somebody and watch the show. Now in, in the movie he's making his own show. He's actively basically fucking with people's lives in one way or another. Or like the book brings about more misery in this than it does before and he knows that and he's enjoying that. Yeah, so in the original he was the you know, he was the framing device for the series and this movie he's Mephistopheles. Yeah. And he even uses the book himself when things don't develop the way that he wants to or as quickly as he wants to. Well no, he well, didn't no, use he, the book. Yeah, he never uses it during the movie. Yeah, it was, it, Light thought he did. That was his girlfriend. That so Ryuk was just saying he did to fuck with him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ryuk was lying for the hell of it. I even had that someone had scr- scrawled a message in the book, like, Ryuk is not your pet, he's not your friend, don't trust him. Which is ironic, because Ryuk later does say that the most anyone ever got to write down with his name is two letters. Yeah, there's four letters. I know he meant it in the, like, writing down to kill sense, but it's still funny. Yeah. It's also kind of a weird thing to say because it implies that if you wrote his name into the note, he'd die. Yeah, but he can kill you before you get a chance, so it doesn't really matter. Points moot. But yeah, it's still kind of odd, though. I think that was the case in in the series. You could you could kill a Shinigami with the notebook. Well, in the original series, you could kill them, but you uh, couldn't use the notebook to do it. It was only if they uh, only if they fucked up their duty somehow. Yeah, yeah. It, was, I, it was something like that. And they had to simplify yeah. things because it's a feature-length movie. Like they basically killed themselves by uh, doing something that's anathema to their being. Yeah, because Jealous was supposed to kill Misa, he didn't, and that's how his notebook got into the human world. Yeah. So you, you so they, like I said, the changes were fine. There were a couple moments that that weren't Light and Mia, who's Misa. They had to change her name. Light and Mia related. There's only a couple parts that I thought were dumb, like when. Like, I get that Kira would be worshipped and, you know, we can see now how this kind of fervor, you know, just in the real world we can see this kind of fervor 
and how crazy people get over this shit. Just look at the basically the new religion of left wing politics. But uh, like when the cops fucked up Light's dad's office and wrote like eat shit or something on his wall, that seemed retarded. I don't think they would do that. I get that you need a quick, punchy way to show the audience how the police force is treating him. You can't sort of establish it over several scenes of them being cold to him. I get that you need a punchy moment. But you could have thought of something maybe a little better, a little more like something that realistic adults do that work in law enforcement. Shove them into a locker. Well, they didn't have a lot of options because they chose to get rid of every police character who wasn't... Uh, Light's dad, or L, or Watery. Like, they don't have uh, Matsuda or anyone anymore. Yeah. It's just a bunch of nameless police officers. Not that that's sad that they don't have Matsuda anymore. (laughs) No, no, they could have thrown him off of the hotel balcony and not rescued him. (laughs) I I get the need for that, it just feels like they could have done something better. But aside from the the climax of the whole fucking movie falls apart. The climax is so terrible and everybody turns retarded and Light's yep. fucking plan to escape is the dumbest shit because you want to tell me he came up with that instantaneously while being chased by people and he wrote down all that shit in a book and looked up that shit even though he said, no, we shouldn't kill people just because they put him on a website and suddenly he's on the website writing their names down. It that was also <clears throat> stupid, but Jesus Christ, there's so much shit I want to get to. Yeah. Like, it was... That climax is, but like, I do, like I said, I gotta give the, the devil's due here with the things the movie did right. Like I said, Ryuk was great, best part of the movie. Not even just because of Willem Dafoe's performance, although that was also spectacular. Just Ryuk is a character, the, the new interpretation of him, you know, it stuck to the original purpose of Ryuk, but changed it for a movie. It worked great. Best part of the movie, every scene Ryuk was in was the highlight of the film. Yeah, like, I would have been fine with everything if all of the changes had been like that, like, Okay, it's different from the source material, but you did it for a reason. You knew what you were doing, and the new stuff is interesting. A new yeah, should have just great. made ori- should have just made original characters and kept real. Yes, the way he was. that is what I said. I said this on Twitter. This should have been like a completely original cast with Ryuk and the Death Note. In fact, allude that the original series happened. Mention that something like, even Ryuk saying something like this, bringing up that what happened in Japan, do you remember the Kira incident in Japan? And something like that. It's like, I heard about that on the news. Well, I was, I was what that death note was. That was Kira. You could be Kira. Like, and loot did all that happen. And you could have a whole new cast of characters with a whole new plot. All that shit. You could tie it to the original series, but make something new, and then you're not, you're not stuck trying to compact a long series into a feature-length movie, which is always a terrible idea. Oh god, that would mean they'd have to use Nier. Ugh. No, they could just make a whole new fucking detective. Yeah, just have someone else remind me sales. They have, like, 23 more to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just more, more fucking super detectives from that fucking orphanage. There you go. Well, they're all autistic anyway. Yeah, well, you could have do something crazy. <clears throat> you wouldn't have to... You wouldn't be, you wouldn't, look, it never works trying to fit a long series into a feature length. It never works. You could split them into different movies, and you can get some better success like Lord of the Rings movies, and even they've got problems. But, don't. Remember Avatar? Yeah, exactly. Don't do that. Don't compact. It's long. Like, this could have worked for just a basic premise. Just, you got a guy, gets a notebook, kills people, he gets God complex, and you got super detective, you've got to track him down, stop him. You got 
guy god complex got a death god buddy that you not what he seen you know simple premise you didn't have to fucking compact all that shit <laughs> um hey here's another problem with that light in this movie barely acts like he is <laughs> to use that particular lingo he is an object he is acted upon <laughs> like, he never really does shit He's always just strung along by the other characters. Yeah, he's just kind of, he's duped by Ryuk, he's duped by his girlfriend, he's just fucking, he's a Cut. bitch. Yeah, he's a bitch. Um, there, there's a scene I want to get to later <clears throat> where that is especially prominent. <coughs> Pardon me, I've got, but, uh, I've got gook in my throat tonight. But, but we should probably start at the beginning well, of well, the movie. Well, I want to talk about the other good thing. The second best thing besides Ryuk was the guy that played L fucking Damn. nailed it. Like, he said, oh my god, L's black. Why is L black? Obviously, it was because of his fucking acting ability because this dude fucking nailed it. This guy's gotta be a fan of Death Note because he fucking emulated anime L to a T. He had all the mannerisms down. That feels like a waste because it was a great performance of really poorly written material. Yeah. Like, if he had been in a better written movie, it would have been perfect. Like he, he even nailed, like, little facial tics. Like, making it look like L's, you know, got all these problems that he obviously does. Like, he nailed that. Like, this dude fucking knocked it out of the park. He's the second best thing in the whole movie, is L. The, the part that everybody is making fun of the most, because I made L black! Well, black L fucking killed it. So, black L, I guess you could say, stole the show. This is a racist joke about black people stealing things. See, it's funny because he steals a car. <laughs> yeah. Because he's black. And the, but, like... And then he has a gun. Yeah, and then it's... Because he, he's black. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then he gets, like, retarded near the end of the movie. It doesn't have to do with the actor. Because he's black. <laughs> but, like, just the whole thing, like I said, the whole climax, everything starts falling apart, and part of the reason it falls apart is L is just not L anymore. Now he's just having a Spurg fit for yep. 20 minutes. It feels because kind of weird black. that they uh, they changed L's <laughs> race. Also, called Chimp Out. <laughs> they changed <laughs> L's race, and suddenly he's violent and impulsive, and he's, like, taking a police car, plowing through bus stands. and <laughs> just, There was so much going on in that <laughs> retarded chase scene, and my... <laughs> My favorite part is he's running through the restaurant and he randomly shoves that guy's face in the soup for no reason. <laughs> you could tell he thought about it. There was, the guy wasn't even in his way. He'll just shoves his face in the soup because he can. <laughs> it starts falling right. apart with the with the watery thing, and once watery's dead, be some kind of douchebag. Fine, whatever. <laughs> like once watery dies, the movie. Just falls apart. Spoiler alert. Oh, we're going to spoil the movie. Oh, no. Once he dies, the movie just fucking falls apart. Just absolutely. What little, what little shaky, cracked foundation this movie is built upon just collapses. Just like Watari once he gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. It was so... And I felt so bad, especially for L, because the guy playing was doing such a good job, and that's really when you f get the sense... That his excellent performance is being utterly wasted. Also, I forgot who th said it. I think it might have been Monkey Jones when he was talking about the movie. But someone said that that final bit that Al did, sorry, that liked it, was clever. But it wasn't. Yeah. 
Because it makes no sense. But again, we'll fucking get to that. Yeah. Jeez, there's so much to talk about. Did Light even understand the rules that he exploited in the finale? No. Because <laughs> conversation... he himself said there's too many rules, I'm not reading that shit. I, I watched this with my brother because my brother was really, well, I say was, like he doesn't like anymore, but my brother really likes Death Note. We watched it together when it was airing on Adult Swim. He's really in Death Note. He's got all the, the volumes. Uh, it's one of the few areas where my brother has good taste. But, like, we were, we actually, I don't want to say we were arguing, but it was more of like we were tr- frustrated trying to figure out the fucking rules of this book. Because we were like, wait a minute, but, but did she, okay, so she is the keeper of the book. Well, no, he is. But then he still see Ryuk, so he's the keeper? Because only the keeper could see Ryuk. But then she uses it, and you can only use it if you're the keeper. So it was her, what's going on? What's these fucking rules? Like, we were getting, well, like I say, we weren't really arguing with each other. We were arguing both at the movie. Yeah, because they changed some stuff for no reason there. Like, they changed it so, in the original series, you just had to touch the notebook, you could see the Shinigami associated with it. In the movie, you have to actually own the notebook, so there's a scene where Mia touches the notebook, and she's like, what, where's Ryuk? What, what are you trying to show me here? Yeah. They just changed some okay, shit for I... no reason, like, Apparently, I, when you're using the the Death Note in the movie, you can just write nicknames, and that's acceptable. Because the first person Light kills, he writes Kenny. So the, well, the notebook accepts I, nicknames. Yeah. So could Light have just written L anytime he wanted, and that would have worked? I, I I think Kenny is Not, close enough to a real name. Like I don't think it would have worked if you wrote like Mudbone. Yeah, but he wrote down Watari. Like, unless his name literally is just yeah! Watari, this should not have worked. That's fucking pissed me off. <laughs> so aliases and nicknames work with the Death Note. So why didn't he just write L and kill him that way? Because just he, to try, he could have you know, skipped. Just to see if it would work. He could have skipped this whole process. Because no, he had to get Watari to get his real name. Which I, I guess but he didn't watery need to isn't do. His real name. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe he just changed his name to just Watari at some point in his life. Because that well, was, we know his, that his so real dumb. name from the original, because his yeah. actual name was Quillishwami, or something like that, and Watery was just an alias. Well, yeah, but... Yeah, they, like anyone who's not retarded would do. In this movie, he's just Watery. He's just... He could have just written down L it's and like, ended it. It's like Cher. He's just one name. He's just a magical Asian man who has one name. <laughs> also, regarding how the rules work, I think... Based on what I remember, I think the way that it works is like this. Apparently, anyone can use the death note to kill someone. Like, if you just have a page and write down a name, it works. Just like in the series. But I think the reason that they have that keeper shit is because the person who technically owns the death note, like, if they die and they don't give it voluntarily to someone, it'll... Like, as Ryuk says, he'll just take it back. So that's why Light's douchebag girlfriend needed him to, quote-unquote, willingly give her the book. I think that's the reason. I think. It sounds right. Because he kept mentioning, like, he'll just take it and give it to someone else. Well, we know that anyone could use it because that's how they kill the FBI agents. Which just raises the question, why didn't they have Watery write L's name and skip everything? (laughs) Yeah! That's another fucking thing. Just give him a page. What the fuck? This movie... Again, the, once the once the watery thing happens... Okay, the movie's already bad, but that's when it really fucking falls to pieces. 
the whole just it's just just stops. At least it was trying to operate on some rules before then. It was giving it its best fucking shot. Once the whole thing with Watery happened, suddenly just you know what? Fuck the police. Rules are for fools. Like you could tell you know, that like was the <clears throat> writers were trying to have light set up some elaborate ruse like he would in the original series, but they're not as clever writers as the people who created Death Note, so it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, at what point it really started falling apart? It was in that scene in the cafe with Light and L, because the entire climax <laughs> would never have happened if L hadn't suddenly become magnificently retarded and decided to show Light, whom he knew was Kira, and he knew how he killed, more or less, his face. Yeah, I didn't get that. It's like, you fucking retard. I think the point was to to prove, like, you can't kill me now, because if you do, then it'll be proof you're Kira, because I showed you my face. I think that was the idea. But that makes no sense. Like, you wouldn't pop only, like, I didn't show my face to anyone else around here. Only you. But nobody knows that. The p- cops know that? No, they don't. The cops didn't see his face. Yeah, but they don't know how he kills. Yeah, well, L said it. I'm actually pretty sure L did say it, like, after that press conference. He said it to the light's dad. Yeah, but even then, like, why the fuck? It still doesn't make any sense he'd show him his face. That's what, that's like, what we were okay. going for. Obviously, there's a lot of plot holes, especially at the end of this fucking thing. But I believe that was the intended reason why he did that. But there's no point in doing that. I know. That whole cafe what, scene stupid. just didn't make sense for either character. Because you have L being impulsive and trying to uh, force Light to give up. Light basically confesses, he's like, yeah, I'm Kira, but you better not mess with me, because then it'll get worse, because there's some other power behind the Death Note. Like, Light's confessing, th- L's showing his I th- face. I thought he, was, he was like... He he didn't really confess, but I thought he was trying almost like a cry for help. Like I think I thought that's where the movie was going. Like, oh, he's gonna try to like someone save me from this Ryuk thing. Like I'm actually a prisoner of the book now. Look what's happened to my life. Like almost a monkey paw type thing. I don't know. I thought that's where they were going, but then it it went into poop town. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually tells L where his death note is, or at least a page from it. No, I don't think he told him. I think he, no, like, he told him about the calculus book. I didn't, at least uh, af- after the cafe scene. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I don't remember. I can't after the remember. cafe scene, no, you have that did. chase, like was... and uh, you know, L shoots his gun in the air to stop light because L has a gun now. <laughs> a weird looking gun. Had, and and light starts babbling, and he's like, "You can kill someone with a calculus book." God's so sick. then, at the end of the movie, L goes and finds the calculus textbook that has a death note page in it with FBI agents' names. Yeah, and then he's like considering writing Light's name because he killed Watery, and that made that's why L got really that emotional. Made him mad. Yeah. Also, there was another bit about that dead to rights with the gun scene that was magnificently retarded. <laughs> Namely, that when this one other guy came out of the door, L said to him, "Like it's okay, I'm with law enforcement," which you know, makes sense that he should say that because he looks like fucking Trayvon Martin. (laughs) But then he says, like, this guy is Kira. And again, anyone with even nominal intelligence 
why would you say that? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just say, this guy is a criminal, go get the cops, like, I'm holding here, I'm with law enforcement, go call him right now. Instead of like, hey, this guy is Kira, even though I don't know, even though I know that there's a lot of people who are crazy devoted to Kira and you could be one of them. Which he was. Yes. You fucking retard. That pretty much sums up the whole climax of the movie is you fucking retard. Uh, Everyone is just retarded. Although light is the most retardedest. <laughs> and yes, that's a word now. Well, we well, just well, said so. well, let's rewind a bit. Because A, I want to get the one last thing I want to compliment about this movie. And then I think we should go in some kind of order. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do from the beginning. But no. Well, I just got to get through like the, the, the main things to praise here before we get into spending the whole rest of this thing talking about why this movie's a piece of dog shit. Um, the guy that played Light's father was really good. He's convincing. Yeah. His job really well, um, played the part really well. But there was one thing that kept distracting my brother and me because once my brother pointed it out, like we couldn't unsee it, and we just kept making jokes. The motherfucker looks like the lead singer of a fucking rockabilly band. He's got between the hair and his sideburns. He, I was saying like he looks like he's gonna play a fucking rockabilly band, and he's gonna have a singing voice that sounds like Tom Waits. So like at, one, at one point, he's like they're outside the house when the cops are searching his house, and he says something like, um, "Like there is no black and white." Or something like that, and then like he gives his whole speech. He said, "There's no black and white." Now, and then I, I, one of us chimed. I can't remember. It was me or my brother chimed in. Anyway, that's the name of my new song. <laughs> there is no black and white. <laughs> like, like it's, it, we just couldn't unsee it once. Once he's pointed out, it just looks like a motherfucker from a rockabilly band. Oh man! Now that you mention music, the music in this movie sucks. Oh, fucking terrible! Like that. Um, well, we'll get to this at the end of the movie. But we, were, my brother and I, just started laughing when that song kicked in at the end of the movie. Yeah, it was hilarious. Oh um, man, the fucking Ferris wheel scene. Yeah, we'll, we'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to that. But anyway, that's the third thing I want to compliment. Light's dad was great, even if he did was again distractingly similar looking to a rockabilly frontman. A lot of shit in this stuff that was unintentional comedy. Yeah. Like light scream, yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to bring that up. It was so beautiful. Okay, so I guess okay, we'll get to it. so let's start at the beginning. Yeah. What was the beginning? Okay, so light is a giant faggot <laughs> who watches cheerleading practice and writes down uh, homework for other people for money. So you know he's smart. Yeah, that's like how they establish and, and that he's he looks... smart. That's the only way they establish that he's smart. And he looks like a creepy perv. Yeah. And gay. With his terrible highlights. Yeah, he he dyed God, half his awful. hair blonde. Because <laughs> he wants to look He's as gay as die. humanly possible. <laughs> well, he is from the Naked Brothers band. And then, like, the death note falls from the sky, and suddenly it starts raining for no reason. <laughs> this is shadow because of death. No symbolism, I guess. So then, he runs towards the school or whatever, but then the school bully is beating up some stereotypical nerd, and he's like, fucking give him a lunch money, nerd. And then the fucking cheerleader, Mia, is like, no, don't do that, you stupid fuck. And Light is like, oh no, this girl is being attacked by the bully. I must go white knight, because I am eternal. Oh no. <laughs> and he jumps in, is like, stop that, you mean, mean man. <laughs> So the bully is like, well, fuck you, I'm fucking fuck you up. And then Light goes into full virgin argumentative mode. Of the, well, you know, 
like totally me and intellectual and that stuff. No, well, you know, you, uh, you you could beat me up and you could totally do that, but uh, if you did that, uh, it would uh, technically be child abuse and you'd be and bam, just with one punch knocked out. Saitama. Like yeah, like a bitch. And then he gets busted for writing homework for other people and just gets two weeks detention. <clears throat> and uh, then for some reason he's kind of sleeping in detention and his teacher's like, oh, every time he falls asleep he's got to tack on another day. So I thought he was going to write down his teacher's name first. <clears throat> At least that's what I would have done. But neither here nor there. No, instead we get and the funniest scene in the movie. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, Ryuk shows up which for some reason has to be accompanied by a stereotypical horror movie, spooky lights flickering, and everything kind of becoming dark, as if he just went to the shadow world of Silent Hill. And Light looks around, and then he sees Ryuk, and then he starts screaming like a little girl. <laughs> yeah, that cracked my brother the fuck up. Like, as soon as he started screaming like that, my brother was just gone. The way he overacts just... <laughs> It, it's awful, but it's great at the same time. Because he screams, he runs to the door of the classroom, starts banging on it. He stops screaming, looks back, like he like double takes at Ryuk, starts screaming again. Yeah, yeah, that was the part that killed me. It's like it's it's like he paused, turned to the camera, and then ah! then he then he starts running and screaming some more, hides under the teacher's desk, and starts running around and screaming even more. <laughs> I can't even imitate it. It felt like pitch. some kind of weird Monty Python sketch after a while. Like how this, they just kept taking this screaming kid and just doing it more in weirder, weirder ways. It's such Especially a surreal scene. Away the desk. Like it doesn't feel real because this is a classroom that's just packed with shelves with all kinds of like arts and craft supplies on them. So. The way Ryuk like signals his appearance is he explodes a jar of marbles and lights like why are all these marbles on the floor? <laughs> it was weirdly like a horror movie scene. They had several scenes that were kind of shot like that. It was odd because this isn't a horror. Oh, it movie. is technically. It's but even listed under horror. We gotta have jump okay, scares in our Death Note movie. Yeah. Okay. Let me correct myself. It doesn't come off as a horror movie because it's not scary. <laughs> At all. We gotta have jump scares in Final Destination, Deaths, and Death Note. Yeah, oh the God, deaths yeah, are fucking ridiculous. I mean, I loved it, because I love shitty B-horror movies and shit, and this is, like, right up my alley with just how dumb these death scenes were. Like, I swear to God, the way that bully died, like, the first well, Death Note well, we death... We were about to get to that. Well, yeah, this yeah. right out of Tromeo and Juliet. And I'm going to oh, tell yeah. you this in a minute when we get to it, because there is a c scene exactly fucking like that in Tromeo and Juliet. And for those who don't know, Tromeo and Juliet, uh, for those who don't know, Troma pictures um, are basically, they do B, like, gore-fest horror movies, and they make no bones about the fact that their movies are cheesy and dumb, but in a fun way. Um, Troma is, like, fucking just exploitation goofy horror it, like the asylum a little bit, but way gorier and not trying to imitate existing movies. It's just fucking, it's just fucking some retarded slash fests, bros. Fucking gore everywhere. 
You got fucking sometimes it's titties, man. Just let's do it. It's just trauma. I don't give a fuck. I love trauma. And they had Romeo and Juliet, which is like the story of Romeo and Juliet, but with a lot of fucking gory killing and weird shit. Really, really weird shit. And I'm, when we get to this, I'm going to tell you the scene. Because it's fucking amazing. Because Ryu appears in that room. He's like, he's a death note. This is what it does. But you go ahead, write a motherfucker's name down. Right? You look, at this is that bully. He's out there picking on girls. <laughs> Which isn't weird. And picking on girls like this is fucking a cartoon. I got your books out of your reach. <laughs> I'm gonna throw it to my friend. <laughs> Give me my books back! No, I'm gonna pu- hold you down by your backpack, but not really throw you on the ground. Just kind of make you lurch. <laughs> it felt like a cartoon. Yeah. Like... They went, when Ryuk first mentioned it, I thought, like, the way that the scene was going, I thought, like, the bully was gonna try to rape a girl. And then Light is not like, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, I have to stop this. And then Ryuk is like, yeah, it's got Death Note, you can use that. But instead, the way that it goes is Ryuk is just like, yeah, look at this bully being mean. Here's a Death Note, you should kill him. <laughs> and then Light is like, I, I, I know. And then Ryuk is like, do it, pussy. And he's like, okay. And Light says he can't do it because he, he has no pin. Ryuk holds one out and Light is like, good thing you have a pin. <laughs> it's like it's supposed to be some kind of woody quip but it's just an observation oh you have a pin (laughs) (laughs) I would love to have a little cartoon skull on it like this is Ryuk's actual pen that he carries around like it's a finger bone (laughs) (laughs) it's a Shinigami pin but no it's this regular ass pin Ryuk found this is Bic He's really... He's got some brand loyalty to Bic. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I don't so, know the lore behind Ryuk's pen. <laughs> so, in the original series, if you didn't write a cause of death, it would default to a heart attack. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be the case here. Like, you have to write a cause of death. Um, so... He, well, no. He didn't do that with Batari. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You're right, he didn't. But so, but so so the way that it seems to work here is if you don't write a cause of death, it seems to be up to I guess. Oh yeah, he said dealer's Ryuk, choice. Ryuk's? Yeah. Yeah, like Ryuk's decision, I guess. Yeah, because he says dealer's choice. Yeah, Ryuk just gets to choose whatever he feels like. Yeah. Like fucking him over. Yeah. Exactly, because Ryuk's a dick in this one. It's great. But he says so he writes decapitation, and it's. It's just the most Rube Goldberg setup of like, yeah, really. what was it like? These two people walk by, and then something falls out of a girl's bag, and it rolls in the street. Yeah, like her bag rips. Like you have two uh, people this... uh, bouncing a basketball on the sidewalk. This woman drops her groceries because her bag ripped, so the basketball goes flying into the middle of the street. Which makes yeah. one car swerve, like like family. No, the one guy chases after the basketball. Then one car swerves in order to miss oh, him, yeah. and another car starts swerving, and then the ladder from that thing comes loose, shoots forward, and cuts this one guy's head off. It was like a like utility a truck that had a ladder in the back, it just slides out. <laughs> you have a flying truck ladder guillotine come, just <laughs> which, rocketing which, at the bully. Ladders do that. <laughs> Ladders are known for being great cutting tools. 
Like, it should have just bonked him on the head. And, Ow! I've got, like, a huge bruise on my head, and I've got a concussion. Nope. Sliced his head in half. And and this reminded me so much... There's a scene in Romeo and Juliet, right? Where it was, like... A, it was a, probably the best scene in the movie. You can actually find the scene on YouTube. And I can barely remember what happens, because I remember it's, like, this car chase between, like, the two families... And it go like they keep causing all this collateral damage, and all these people get murdered as it goes along. And this should give you a, uh, an idea of what trauma movies are like, because near the end of the chase, one of the I think it was the last uh, gruesome thing to happen. Oh yeah, like the bad guy, like the the Chad of the movie. I think he was like, if I remember again, it's been years since I've seen it, but it's like he was like stuck on the front of a car or something, and he was already getting like maimed and busted up. And then there's these two guys that are working on this, like, uh, I don't remember what it was, like, some kind of tow truck. It's got, like, a platform. And then one of the guys says to the other guy, the two workers, like, you got to work hard if you want to get a head in life. And that is how he says it. And then throughout this whole situation, the guy, the, the platform comes out. And the, the, the guy that's, like, on the front of this car, like, that car comes to a stop and it goes flying forward. And he hits that platform just like in this fucking Death Note movie. And it takes his head off. Right after the guy says, you gotta work hard if you want to get a head in life. <laughs> and then the guy gets his head decapitated and he goes flying and it hits this, this family of this like cheesy white people family like singing dumb car trip songs and then the decapitated head lands on their windshield and they go brawling out and they crash and like at the end of the chase scene like the parents <gasps> these two parents are sobbing at the, at, while freaking out of this decapitated head. Oh no wait, that's right. They were, first they were freaking out the decapitated head on the, and then it comes back and the two children are playing with the decapitated head like it's a fucking soccer ball and the parents are like, no Jimmy stop! Stop! It's a wonderful movie and everybody should go watch it. But yeah, I was watching say, oh my god, that is exactly the death from Tromeo and Juliet. Like, the only thing that would have made it even more so is if the driver of that utility truck, like, like oh man, I'm just trying to get ahead in life. And then... <laughs> You'll never be the head of a major corporation. <laughs> Heads up. Like I said, look at it. I think that, that scene is on uh, YouTube from Tromeo and Juliet. You know what it should have been, like, after that happened? Like, instead of Ryuk saying that, oh, it's like, you got potential, like, with that death idea. He should have instead said, now that's using your head. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. That bully was a real head case. <laughs> just, just keeps unloading all these head puns one after another. You're like Austin Powers. <laughs> your head that's and shoulders above been. the other Death Note users. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. So is this before or after Ryuki explains that you have to have physically possible deaths? Because <laughs> there's a part where he explains I don't know, the but it's giving me a headache. <laughs> he explains the light, you know, every cause of death has to be physically possible, so no shark attacks on the toilet. But look <laughs> at the stuff light pulls in this movie, like the fucking Ferris wheel. It's bullshit. <laughs> Uh, physically God, possible my ass but we're not even at that point unfortunately <laughs> uh, we're like 10 minutes in <laughs> yeah really oh fuck okay so what happens after this scene uh, is is that the one where he then is afterwards in the gym reading the death note well, I think he kills the gangster next oh yeah right yeah right he, he goes home 
And then he's like, oh, I'm going to kill the gangster that killed my mom. Right. And so he right. does. In this version of the backstory, Light's mother was uh, killed when a mafia dude ran her over and... Uh, he escaped. So they have to write less characters. Yeah, he escaped justice <laughs> because he just got <coughs> off the courts. That's also why he doesn't have a sister. So, uh, I get that within the structure of the story, she, you know, this is supposed to be his uh, motivation for becoming Kira, because I gotta eliminate all the criminals, but he just decapitated a bully with a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for being a dick. So, you don't need that instigating incident of, oh, you killed my mom. Like, it, he's already gone off that he's made the decision so why do you have this extra scene he he didn't even really make a decision he was literally peer pressured into killing someone <laughs> like real handsome the death note like this is a fucking after school special he's like dude you should really try this death note <laughs> oh, i don't know man but you're gonna feel so awesome dude yeah it's like See, they just don't don't accept death notes from creepy secret monster men <laughs> dare to resist death note <laughs> education <laughs> death, death, death It's like they just came up with a list of deaths they wanted to include And they just had to find ways to shoehorn them into the story And like the like, mobster's guy, death Okay guys, what if What if a waitress slipped on a salt shaker And impaled a guy in a knife And then they just had to find a way to write the story around that <laughs> This was originally a Final Destination movie like that, like, Yeah, the Rube Goldberg deaths are amazing Like the way the mobster dies is great because A, it's stupid as hell, and B, just blood everywhere. Just. It's, it's, it's just like when the bully got decapitated and the other people got sprayed down with blood like a hose. Yeah. Like that one scene from Dracula Dead and Lonely. <laughs> it was great. And there's this shot of his brain falling out of his skull as his head rolls down the sidewalk. <laughs> Were these scenes supposed to be horrifying or scary? I just feel, again, they feel like an exploitation horror movie, which, again, I fucking love. Yeah, it feels like a joke. It does. It feels like a trauma movie. <laughs> and were they trolling with this movie? <laughs> because this isn't horror. I feel like they, they put all that hyper-violence because they think that's what anime is, and since they're doing an anime movie... It doesn't even have anything of, like, other shitty horror movies, like, with, like, I don't know, Annabelle Creation or whatever. <laughs> like, none of this feels like a horror movie. It isn't, except for a few Ryuk scenes, it isn't really shot like one. It isn't, like, it doesn't have scenes like one. It doesn't have the tone of one. And there's nothing really scary. Yeah. Like, this isn't horror in any way. It's like, it's, so, it's, so I think it's supposed is, to be, like, a mystery uh, which... movie with horror sprinkles. No, which is the if worst horror had... movie, this or it? Um, I would say the, the It book. <laughs> yeah, the the It book is the worst. I'm just one waiting for ever. the sequel to this. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for Death Note 2019, where they defeat the Shinigami King by pushing him over, and he falls down a sewer drain. <laughs> and then they all have an Wait, underage should... gangbang. Yeah, I was gonna say, is, was that in the new movie? <laughs> no. Because it should have been, because it's funny. It shouldn't have been, yeah. because it's, Stephen King is a dirty sex pervert. No, it should have been just so everyone knows who's, what Stephen King is actually like, because nobody read it. Yeah. That's why people Seriously. only now are talking about it, because Red Letter Media pointed it out. 
And Stevie yeah. King's like all indignant. Like, I can't believe people are more offended by the underage sex in it than they are by the murder. Maybe because it's a horror, so they expect murder. They don't expect your creepy pedophilic ass to start writing your fucking jack off fantasies two thirds of the way how through old, a horror. How old were the characters in the book? Twelve. Well, the reason people are only talking about it now is because it's taken them since the 80s to actually get that far in it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Oh, okay. Look, when when Red Letter cool. Media pulled the, the actual copies, it, I thought it was a joke prop. And then they pulled out their other copy, no, and they were being very serious about like, oh, oh no, that's how thick the book actually is. Holy shit. Yeah, Stephen King no, was but... coked up for pretty much all of the 1980s. So he was really prolific, and he also... Like he would write like a hundred pages a day, but he had no idea what any of it was, <laughs> and there was no editing process because he was popular. So it's just all right, publish it as is. Yeah, leave, leave the underage gangbang in there. <laughs> okay, really quick for those who don't know, uh, in it there's a scene near the end of the book where they're about to confront the evil clown who is actually like a sort of Cthulhu abomination and a spider for no real reason. And they're in the sewers where I think he resides or whatever. So they're trying to encourage each other or whatever the fuck. So if you might remember, there's like, I think like four boy main characters and a girl main character. Mm -hmm. I think that was the ratio yes. or was it five boys? I think it was four boys and a girl. Yeah. The Losers so Club. in in order to, I don't even know why, but they just run a train on the girl. Yeah, there's even a, a thing where she goes into how the fat kid had the biggest cock and is the only one that gave her an orgasm. Is this self-insert fan fiction? <laughs> Stephen King has a lot of issues that are clear, very clear, and in his works. That's why, like, small-town America is always a very evil place. <laughs> because he well, yeah. he is a fucking... Christians are evil. Yeah, he is a cartoonishly stuck-up liberal. Not to mention, like, the... the Which, you know, with his, his apparent pedophilic leanings really isn't helping the, the whole Alex Jones' perception of stuck-up elitist liberals. They're all being secret okay, pedophiles. Well, we, can, we can figure out whether or not the fat kid was his self-insert. Was he the gentle poet? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I. I don't know. D didn't he leave like a note of poetry at the girl's door? I know one of them did. That. One of them did that, yes, but I don't know if it's that kid. It was funny. Is one of the Dark Tower books? Uh, Stephen King insulted a guy he didn't like by writing this a pedophile. Because <laughs> there's that guy the who irony. ran over Stephen King and almost killed him in the traffic accident. So in one of the Dark Tower books, his revenge, Stephen King put him in the story as some kind of like fat, greasy pedophile. <laughs> that is and then he put himself in the story. Petty. I actually looked up what the Dark Tower is about, what its story is. It's the dumbest shit. It's just fucking random everything. The resolution, I look, okay, what is the Dark Tower? What's in there? So I looked it up. I wanted to fucking kill myself. <laughs> Does the clown from It show up? Yes, yes, it's in those books. Because I know it's some kind of what? big crossover. Yeah, yeah, the clown from It oh. is is actually not dead. He was not destroyed in It. Um, and he sh and the the spider monster shows up in the Dark Tower, and it's the stupidest shit. And the Dark Tower is just the fucking memory dungeon from Final Fantasy IX. That's literally what's in there. He just goes in the tower. I'm fucking spoiled. I don't give a shit. I'm about to spoil the Dark Tower. Fuck off. 
He fucking goes in there and says, oh, it's my memories, but this room's in a tower, I'm gonna go up the floor, and it turns out, oh, he opens the door and it's the desert he started and he's been looping, he's been looping all this time, it's the fucking Matrix, where he goes to the fucking architect, but instead of learning truth, it's just, oh, but this time will be different, I didn't throw this horn away, turns out this is a looping story that's been going on and on and on, but I guess this time will be different, because he didn't throw away this artifact, but we don't know how it's going to be different, because it fucking ends. It's not different at all, is it, Roland? <laughs> and the tower is like an axis that all the universes are on, but, so I don't know why, if you go inside, it's just your fucking memory, it makes fucking sense, would it be, fuck, and then... It's fucking... So when does the underage gangbang happen? <laughs> no, but there's... Because th- I'm just expecting that from Stephen <laughs> King in every book now. <laughs> really? It's... it. There's some sh- shit. And then there's a fucking Tanuki. One of his little fucking... The gunslinger's companions is a goddamn... Oh, that's t- self-insert. Is a goddamn Tanuki. Like, oh my god. I think that's why a lot of nerds like the Dark Tower. Looking at it, it's like, oh wow, this is like a really bad anime, like a bad manga. Well, this is random shit, and then just head trips in lieu of um, cohesive plot. And then it gets full Fate's Day Night because fucking Gunslinger's King Arthur and Mordred shows up. What? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't think they could make a worse King Arthur. <laughs> They succeeded. It's something like that. It's like, he's King Arthur. Why is King Arthur black now in the movie? <laughs> and, like... Is, is this, like, made by the BBC? Is it, like, We Was Britain's again? <laughs> yeah, really. But you see, Mordred is, like... Has two daddies and two mommies. And I don't... This is some fucking weird... What? Weird magic genetic engineering shit. So he's the gunslinger's son, but also the villain's son. And also two other women... This is mom's. What? <laughs> it's so dumb. He has a weird way of talking, and he's like a poor little baby. <laughs> Very sad, Mordred. And he just unceremoniously kills the character that had been the main rival all the way up for the last, like, five books. <laughs> like, the main villain just gets fucked off by this new Mordred. Just comes out of nowhere. Well, not the main villain. The main villain is this guy, the Crimson King. But the Crimson King's, like, top guy. It's like the the heavy of the story. It just gets fucking unceremoniously fucked off by Mordred. It's so dumb. It's the worst. I, I liked it better when Mordred was like an anime girl. With no tits. Well, with some There's tits. no tits on that, Mordred. There's no tits. <laughs> Why are you always lying? <laughs> There's none. There's no tits. It's just fucking... It's, you cut... Man, they make fun of Noelle Vermillion in Blaze Blue for her for being a washboard with her tits, and she's got bigger tits than Mordred. She got no tits. Noelle has tits bigger than Mordred's. Look, anime girl tits aside, Stephen King is terrible. I have come to that conclusion after re- well, yeah. after researching his works, after seeing that Red Letter Media review. I've come to the conclusion that he's fucking terrible. The best thing he ever came up with was with The Mist, and that was only because he kept like the the least amount of shit in it and it had a simple explanation which is very unlike Stephen King so I'm assuming he ran out of coke <laughs> and the movie still had a better hey, um, ending <laughs> alright I've, I've got a question in the vein of like if a tree falls in the forest does it make a sound <clears throat> if Stephen King started writing Fate would you be able to tell nope <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Fate's already got the underage gangbangs. 
just involves worms. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen King is terrible. Um, I, I guess, no, I, no, you would be able to notice. The difference would be that the worms would also be very gentle poets. <laughs> and also that everyone would constantly say how much Christianity sucks. <laughs> and then there would be a character that's like a Christian and an alcoholic and he's evil. <laughs> yeah, Stephen King's kind of fucking terrible. I, I didn't know how bad he was until I was inspired to look at his works after seeing that Red Letter also, Media review, he's really bad, y'all. <laughs> also, I knew about the underage gangbang, but I didn't know that he actually described, like, the dick sizes and which character gave the 12-year-old girl an orgasm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a reason that, that Mike was very visibly uncomfortable talking about it. It's, it's, it's like, holy it goes shit. into detail. It's, it's awful. Stephen King is awful. So how would that ever happen? You know what sucks? The Dark Tower is not that bad of a premise just by itself. You got gunslinger in a mysterious other world. There's it's 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 like fantasy, but also old west. And there's this big spooky tower in the distance at all time that he's trying to get to, and he gets a bunch of companions along the way. That's a cool premise. And then he decides to expand on the premise with ideas, all of them terrible. Say like, no, Stephen King, stop! Don't do that. <laughs> Don't make that. Don't make those things your other characters. I just realized. Don't make him that, King Arthur. That, Stephen King, stop. That's that scene in it. It takes place below the ground level, and there's an underage girl that actually gets off on getting fucked. So, in other words, Stephen King foresaw and technically created first made in a bit <laughs> he is western made in abyss guy <laughs> except the difference is even made in abyss guy didn't actually show characters running a train on an underage girl yet well yet give him still, time like that's that's one thing he has over Stephen King. well i mean i'm pretty sure he's drawn that in other works because if i remember correctly the made in abyss guy uh, does lowly dojins like before he did Made in Abyss. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, but he didn't do it in that book. <laughs> and besides, I'm pretty sure like Stephen King does that too. He, just, he didn't do that. He just can't, he can't physically stop himself from bringing up this robot boy's erection at every given opportunity. <laughs> Apparently the anime's at that point now and people are getting annoyed by it. I've actually seen like, can we go one episode without this boy's erection? It's like, fucking told you, assholes. Y'all are like, why are you shitting on Made in Abyss? It's wonderful. It has great backgrounds. It's got my backgrounds. Yeah. My Ghibli. We tried to warn you. Yeah. Made in Abyss is the Ghibli of anime series. The Ghibli of anime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure Ghibli is the Ghibli of anime. Would you believe us? No, they're not. Would you believe us? Not anymore. <laughs> Would you believe us, folks, if we said Max Vader doesn't drink? That was a sober statement. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, I associate Ghibli more with movies. I mean, like, regular anime series. I guess... Do they do regular animes? I don't know. I want to say they did one, maybe, but I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I just know about Ghibli, like, they, they make really shitty movies, and they suck. They make really shitty movies, they put a lot of budget into them, people say they're masterpieces. Oh, shit. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
Who cares if everybody has the same face? Look at all the detail in that grass with the wind blowing. It's beautiful. Look at them fly. I don't even remember what the story was, but look at the imagination. Look at the hey, you know look at the splendor of nature. It sure would be <laughs> awful if capitalism ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what other anime had really good backgrounds? Basically every anime ever. Yeah. Including Strike Witches. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a thing now. G- you- Ghibli movies are the Strike Witches of anime. <laughs> okay, I can get behind that. <laughs> shit on a shirt <laughs> when we start selling merch and put that on a t-shirt <laughs> Ghibli movies are the strike witches of anime <laughs> I love it <clears throat> so yeah the Death Note movie <laughs> remember that no <laughs> no <laughs> where were we on that <laughs> he killed um, the guy who killed his mom oh yeah yeah that's... and he vomited blood on his plate <laughs> <laughs> Because we're hardcore. <laughs> that de- again, it was just such a trauma, fucking death. Hardcore Parker. Oh shit! And then after that, that was the scene when he was in the gym, right, reading the Death Note. Yes. Oh yeah, and Mia approaches. Well, him. yeah, joy. Now we get to one of the most retarded scenes in the entire movie. All right. So first of all, like for no reason, Light is sitting at basketball practice. And he's reading the Death Note, just openly, in school, reading the Death Note. Why, I don't know, especially since it's made clear at a previous point and also later that he doesn't fucking read the book because he doesn't know shit about the rules. But for some reason he's reading the Death Note. And then that cheerleader that... Oh yeah, we should mention that she was the one who ratted him out, in a sense, earlier because when he got punched by the bully... Instead of her saying, like, that bully punched him, she instead just says, oh, he walked into a girder. So he already knows that she fucked him in that regard. To be fair, it is completely plausible this version of Light would just walk into an (laughs) I-beam. Well, yeah, it is. But still, like, he he shouldn't be so positive on her. But either way, since he's a fucking beta male, which comes up several times, he is totally cool with that. And then she's like, uh, what is that book that you're reading? And he's like, oh, I can't tell you. And then just seconds later, he just, do you really want to know? And she's like, yeah, okay, I guess. And he brings her into like the empty uh, cafeteria and uh, tells her to read it. And then she still thinks it's a joke. And he brings up footage from a live crime scene, oh, yeah. and it's like, look what I look what I can do. Yeah, my brother and I are f- spurging out over this pretty much because, like, if they had established that he was friends with this girl before the movie started, this would make sense. But he doesn't he know. He never talked to her before. Yeah, he hadn't talked to her before. Didn't know her. Now he's like, hey, you want to see my book that kills people? And he's and he's like, he's, and my brother goes, oh, he just assumes she's going to be totally fine with this. Well, she was. But, but like, really, that made, I, that made it even worse, because I just remembered, I accidentally left something out. When they start their conversation, before she brings up the book, they talk about, she brings up the bully and how he died. And Light is like, yeah, it was kind of a tragedy. And she's like, yeah, you don't have to pretend, I guess, like, fuck that guy. He was, like, he was an asshole, basically. And then she says, like, almost wistfully, I wish I could have been there to see it, like, see him die. 
It's like just to see his head like, get cut off or whatever and light. It's like, no, it actually exploded into a billion pieces. And she's basically like, ah, cool. Like, at that point, anyone who is not retarded, disregarding the fact that they would have never openly read the book or showed it to someone they don't know and who they know betrayed them previously in the first place, wouldn't alarm bells have gotten off at that point? Or at the very least... After he did that super retarded move of showing her, hey, look, I can kill people, lol. And she is super into it and not freaked out at all. At that point, anyone who's even remotely rational would have just tried to act normal, go home and wrote her name down too sweet. Mm. It's like, what the fuck? Like, Jesus, I, I can't even form words. This is a future serial killer. I have to stop her before she starts. <laughs> Yeah, in the original series, like, Light was a complete sociopath, but the real sociopath in this fucking movie is her. Like, she's really the one that's more or less, like, behind everything, and Light is just getting strung along by her. It's like, without her instigating, he never really would have started with all that shit. And in yeah, the she's original... The basically pushes, she's the one that basically pushes him to become Kira. Yeah. Because she just wants to kill people. In the original, the only reason he didn't kill Mesa was because she forced his hand. Like, oh, you got the Shinigami eyes, okay, I can use you. Yeah, there's, there's a scene where they're both in bed and one of them is, like, sensually running their fingers through the death note while they're, like, half-naked. And then they're writing down names in bed and all that sort of shit. It's like, what the, the fuck? The sex scene was so weird. because like, alright, I'm gonna fuck a cheerleader while making an Asian man's head explode by shorting his jumper cables. <laughs> 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 what? Excuse me? It's okay, though, because she's totally... But that's something that's actually in the movie, for all of you who haven't seen it. <laughs> actually, before they have sex... There's, I think this is skipping ahead just slightly from the I kill people scene, but there's this hilariously awkward scene when they actually start to be together. Namely, he goes with her to his home, right, and they're in his room. And then it's like, you know, like that scene in the movie where they're just about to kiss and that they're getting closer. And then he backs off and asks, like, can I kiss you? And she's like, you're not supposed to ask. And then he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? And eventually she just gets fed up and kisses him. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, the entire thing, the entire thing was like the, the incarnation of that one beta as fuck song. <laughs> like, I was laughing when I saw that. Is there a cutscene where she has to tell him to put ponos in Vajoo? <laughs> Might as well. Oh my god. I totally forgot about that. Jesus, like, Light is so, so much of a fucking beta. Like, he lets this chick how, ride How bad must the Kira worshippers feel that this is your god? <laughs> and <laughs> goad him into killing people. <laughs> and he's like, and he tries to white knight her at the beginning of a movie, gets punched out instantly. And then he's, like, doing this shit. You know, I thought to myself, like, if he and the actual Light met, like, can you just imagine what that would be like? Fucking Light Turner going like, uh, like, Yagami, we gotta respect women. <laughs> he's like, if she breathes, she'll <laughs> <laughs> All women are queens. 
Man, just imagine what That's American what Mikami done. would be like if Light is his god. <laughs> oh god. It would be Anthony Birch. <laughs> He'll be a junior high student who's like, wow, you touched a girl. <laughs> In a totally respectful way. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, also, she has weird fuck teeth. Well, no, that's the the uh, teenage girl upper lip shit. Well, still looks like that's that thing that um, Aaron Diaz is obsessed with and and goes overboard with on his character, so they look like fucking World War Two propaganda. <laughs> like she she looks like a rabbit, except not in a sexy way. <laughs> that was a Toho joke, everyone. Y'all suck. <laughs> Uh, so we'll, then we had the whole thing where it's like Light doesn't want to kill the cops chasing him. Oh no, we gotta get to L. Yeah, because this is when L shows yeah. up. Yeah. Shit. And there's a part where he narrows things down to just Seattle in a way that's way less clever than him uh, doing that broadcast to figure out. Okay, Kira's in Tokyo. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people were like, oh, this doesn't make any sense because I don't, I don't even remember what their complaint was. But, I mean, it, it it's dumb, but it does make sense in a, in a literal way. Um, he, How did he know again? Was it with the guy he killed on the broadcast? Who no, what, ha- what happened was he was sending um, information on um, lesser-known, very obscure criminals to different police um departments in different areas and so the one that died like the japanese yakuza guys that killed each other was one that he sent to seattle so that he knows that kira is in seattle yeah because there's this there's that really stupid part where light kills like 50 yakuza members at once there's that really stupid part you have to be more specific oh yeah my bad there's just this news report about this nightclub packed with dead Japanese people. And that's how El... He's like, this was Kira. That's how El figures out where Kira is. How did he know it was Kira? Well, I mean, they sort of have a justification for it, but still. Yeah, because that was... that was Those Yakuza guys were the ones that he sent to Seattle. The, the information on them is the information he sent to Seattle. Actually, speaking of the... Uh, speaking of the word Kira... That shit was also really dumb. Because the way that the movie explains him him calling himself Kira is that he just came up with it because he thought it was like, oh, this is like the word light in another language. And it also kind of means killer in Japanese, so they'll be looking for me on the wrong continent. Damn. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Actually, speaking of that, um, one of the first things that he does when he has people killed in their cells is he has them write uh, that, you know, Kira's gonna punish the wicked or some bullshit in perfect Japanese. And yet, like, he doesn't know Japanese. So how the fuck did he do that? Unless you can just specify, like, such and such kills himself with and then writes in his own blood in Jap- in perfect Japanese. Yeah, because th- this doesn't you... have the limitation that the series have where they can only do something that's within their character. Yeah. The, you could just basically See, was... mind control people with the Death Note in this movie. Yeah, well, it, it technically even goes beyond mind control because 
Like, that shit was already retarded, but the scene with the Ferris wheel, and we'll get to it, but that scene essentially showed, not that we didn't know beforehand, that you're not just controlling people's actions. Essentially, when you're writing down someone's name in the death note, you can basically manipulate reality for up to two days. Like, the thing is almost omnipotent. The movie makes a very minor attempt to explain this, because... Uh... Light's asking about the rules for uh, controlling people, and Ryuk says that every person spends their last moments in the shadow of a god of death. So I guess the explanation is that when Light uh, specifies somebody does something before dying, it's actually Ryuk or some other Shinigami using them as a meat puppet. Or if not using these meat puppet, like commanding them. Yeah, just like, do this, and they have no choice but to do it. Yeah. I kind of get it because, you again, you have to simplify things for a feature-length movie, and they need to be able to find out that someone is behind this. Because in the series, he he used um, heart attacks as his calling card. And they knew, okay, somehow he's transmitting something, and there's somebody giving people heart attacks. So the, 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 the fact that heart attacks was the the common thread was what we link them to a person. In this, he uses the mind control thing to have people like write Kira or Justice of Kira or whatever in blood at the scene. So he makes people do things to, to announce that it's Kira in control and then kills them. So they use this mind control thing as the way to link that someone is behind this as opposed to the series, which again, he used heart attacks. So I get that. <clears throat> And, again, it lets you simplify things with him controlling people and events with the book without having to have all these conditions. I understood that. But they did it in very dumb ways. Like, the whole watery thing. Which didn't make any fucking sense. Like we brought up before. Yeah. Hey, another thing I just realized with all the FBI agents killing themselves. Why would they... Why would anyone make it such a public spectacle instead of... Like, find Mia killed them off. Hashtag spoiler alert. <laughs> but it's like, um, like, her entire intention of doing that was to get the FBI to back the fuck off. But doesn't she realize that by doing it, making it such a public spectacle, A, it'll turn the public against Kira, and B, it'll just redouble the efforts of the government to try and catch Kira? Like, wouldn't the much smarter idea, if you really have to fucking kill them off, have been... Like, such and such, you know, uh, all these guys then go into, like, a remote location and kill themselves where they will never be found. Yeah. That would have made sense, so They just though. go missing. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sorry I'm expecting anyone to act like a fucking rational human being. That's apparently too much to ask, because she's a woman. <laughs> but, and so is light. <laughs> That's what makes this frustrating, is they ape scenes from the original. Like this Worst is... lesbian scene ever. <laughs> this is just a worse version of Light's ruse cruise to get the FBI off his tail. Yeah. I mean, he, there he also did something stupid when he killed the guy who was going to close the investigation anyway. But he just did that, just like with the whole Lind L. Taylor thing. Like, the thing that essentially engineered his downfall is just the fact that he's a petty megalomaniacal dickhead. And he couldn't control himself. But this one is just... Uh, I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> Here he's just a dickhead. Yeah. Like, Light in the original series could have won 
if, just like Walter White, he kept his ego under control. This light is just a retard. He just had to keep had Holy to keep his shit. lack of IQ under control. <laughs> he failed. Yeah. If, Badly. Uh, if it was American Light versus Japanese L, this would be over in about five minutes. <laughs> oh, so, uh... Could you imagine a uh, Japanese light versus American L? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> he'd probably get him killed in, like, a... He'd probably get him killed by having him commit a robbery. <laughs> Just for irony. <laughs> no way, even better. He get, he has him get shot by a Mexican neighborhood watchman. <laughs> carry a bag of Skittles and Sprite. <laughs> L was a good detective. He didn't do nothing. He really didn't. Which is why he was so bad at his job. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It was such a waste of a good actor, too. Because that L was so fucking dumb. Yeah. At least it gave us a lot of black jokes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other frustrating thing. Like, on the one hand... They're making inferior versions of scenes and concepts that already exist. On the other hand, they have genuine talent here. Like, if you had a separate production that used uh, Willem Dafoe's Ryuk and, uh, I forget his name, but the, the L actor, if you had them in a movie that had good writing... The N. <laughs> that's not until the next one. Oh, man, imagine... It'll be the next one now. Imagine if they were able to continue this and they had in. Like, how would they change that? Because you have Black L, so what's in going to be? Mexican. <laughs> and no, Light's going to send that's it mellow. back. No, Mellow's going to be Mexican, and Nir's going to be uh, an autistic trans woman Muslim. <laughs> yes. Also, fun fact, uh, Mellow was the artist's favorite character to draw. And the author of Death Note said that if he had known that, uh, he probably would have let him live. <laughs> Mello deserved to win. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> he did. I mean, I guess he kind of did, but he also died. Spoilers. Spoilers for a series It's like God knows how many years old that just about everybody's seen. <laughs> yeah, wasn't the anime back in 2004 or 2005? I think. I don't even remember. Maybe, maybe la later than that, but yeah, shit's 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 old, yo. We don't need to worry about spoilers. Spo light was light was a good boy. He Spoiler alert: Goku turns out to be a space alien. Yeah, if you haven't watched a Red Death Note yet, then you you deserve to be spoiled. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, we're, like, what we're gonna reveal doing? everything. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Spoiler alert, Aaron oh, becomes a titan. <laughs> so, we'll see what happened after that. Yeah, well, they kill all the... Mia kills the FBI agents and blames it on Ryuk, so Light comes storming into the room where Ryuk is just hunched over a table, devouring the whole basket of apples. <laughs> and Light's like, don't you fuck with me or I'll write your name in the notebook, and Ryuk just laughs at him. <laughs> and gives that line, like, there are four letters in my name. The most anyone ever got was two. 
Even though there's his full name in the well, death in the in the death parts that actually kill you to write. Yeah, I guess he. Yeah, can, I know, but still, I guess he can just sense when someone is writing with killing intent. Whatever. Yeah. It's stupid. Is again though? Is it's a Ryuk scene? Those are the also, highlight do, of the movie. Does light ever see yeah. Ryuk's face? Because he's always in shadow when he appears. Hmm. Maybe. I think. I mean, he obviously recognized it when he was looking in that book. I don't know, because they always show Ryuk either from behind, or he's just obscured in shadows somewhere. Which probably was the better choice for the CG, but oh, still. Oh, yeah. Still yeah, fun. like, that was the best way to do it. Because mm. you don't you don't want to, like, the Japanese live-action movie, where they just have the CGI Ryuk front and center. And it looked really... And I think that this the CG here was better. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Ah, shit. Fuck, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, right. If you really think about it, like, this particular Death Note story is essentially just about Ryuk deciding to troll a beta man. Yeah. <laughs> Life gets trolled. They... <laughs> yeah, like, at... like, I wouldn't be surprised if at... after the end of the movie, like, Ryuk just stole his Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do know he likes playing Mario Golf. <laughs> it's true, this like... is canon. Yeah, I love that. It's the best part. Ryuk loves Mario games because he didn't want to, I think he played Mario Golf and Mario Kart. Yes. Ryuk's a Nintendo fan. <laughs> Ryuk, Ryuk right now is in the Shinigami realm. He's hyped as shit for Mario Odyssey. So you, so you, so you have you seen the trailers? <laughs> you can become anything. You just throw the hat on it. There's China. a whole scene. There's a whole China scene where he's playing. Brothers rumors. <laughs> There's a whole scene where Mario becomes a giant T-Rex and looks like it's going to be awesome. Everyone's just playing poker, whatever, Ryuk. Jesus. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Shut up. <laughs> Anyone play some Smash Brothers? It's not even a real fighting I game. Learned some, I learned some sick Mario tech. <laughs> yeah, who's Ryuk's main in Smash Brothers? Fucking Mario. <laughs> Ryuk loves Mario, man. I, just lo- I love that. That's one of the best parts about Death Note. That's canon. Ryuk is the best character in all iterations of Death Note. You know, our, our friend Evan once said that in order to wave dash in Smash, you have to pray to the demons of Salzar. <laughs> Maybe he's actually wrong, and you have to pray to the death gods instead. <laughs> Ryuk is like the best pro Smash player. <laughs> That's why Mewtwo King's hands have fallen apart. He tried to take on a death god in Smash. <laughs> that explains his penis. <laughs> that was the condition. <laughs> he just he tells people it was a botched circumcision, but it is, that's what he put on the line. Because he figured he was... Ryu can actually kill individual body parts. <laughs> he, he, he figured he was never going to use it anyway. <laughs> it was the safest bet. So what did he kill with Omarda, given the recent announcement? His brain? <laughs> His dick. It just had a different effect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need more women in Smash. I'm quitting Smash because there's not enough women. He's trying to make it like it's respectful to women, but really he's just pissed. <laughs> he was he, he was room. hoping to meet some bitches. <laughs> Turns out being a pro Smash player is not a pussy magnet. Yeah, turns out if you're playing Smash, you won't be able to smash, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 
Oh, that was torture. <laughs> so, uh... Just like Miyota King's <laughs> So, where are we <laughs> in this movie? Mario um, Golf. Mia, <laughs> Mia is a sociopath cunt. Okay, so this is where the movie kind of gets jumbled for me, because now it feels like 80 things are going on. <laughs> and it all blurs together because it's boring. Yeah, it really does. Um, well, I think one of the next things was... Uh, Light's dad goes on TV and makes an anti-Cura announcement, and that's how Elle figures out yeah. who Cura is. Yeah, because he doesn't kill him. Oh god, that yeah, that scene was also so great, because Light is like, oh no, and Mia just immediately grabs for the <laughs> <laughs> She's a killing machine in this. And this still doesn't tip him off. It. I should dump her. Probably write her name down. But that's my dad, and she's basically like, yeah, (laughs) This still doesn't tip him off that she was the one who killed the FBI agents. He still thinks Ryuk did it. (laughs) Even if she didn't do it, he should kill her. I like that Ryuk, by the way, because he's fucking with these people, no intention of correcting Light (laughs) that it wasn't him. Yeah, Light's like, you killed those FBI agents, and Ryuk's just like, oh, whatever, suck on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he just wants his apples and entertainment. Light just delivers an impotent threat. Yep. Emphasis on it. It wouldn't even be that different if Ryuk was just hovering in the corner of every scene munching on popcorn. <laughs> apples are his popcorn ba- in this movie. Yeah. yeah, he basically is. I mean, we do know that apples are essentially like drugs to them almost. <laughs> oh. Sorry, going going back a little bit, one thing I did genuinely like was Ryuk's first appearance after he trashes that classroom. He just tosses a single apple court light. Which <laughs> <laughs> kind of gives you the hint of how much he respects this guy. He's just so consider- He's just throwing his eaten apple cores at him. <laughs> Considering that he is just watching this shit show unfold and constantly eating apples, which are like death god drugs well i think they're i think he compared him to cigarettes does that mean that ryuk is like the death god equivalent of a stoner (laughs) like he just gets high and just shitty tv (laughs) well he was really mellow in the original series not so much here (laughs) and this is maybe he just had a bad trip in the original it's like he was on death god weed and in the Netflix version, he's on Death God PCP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I love that he just has to get a front row seat for that whole Ferris wheel shit, too. Yeah, yeah, he's just yeah. standing there watching, like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is Light doing? And when the fucking Ferris wheel crumbles, it comes off like the one scene in V for Vendetta where he conducts the explosions. Oh yeah, he actually waves his hands like he's using the force to manipulate it. <laughs> he goes full Star Killer. I hate that I get he's gonna that. Gonna pull down a Star Destroyer next. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, but we're getting out of ourselves again. He's the best oh. part of the movie by a long way. Yeah, really. Oh, uh, Willem shit. Dafoe killed it. He really did. Ha ha. Ah, I didn't even realize. Um, again, the whole end blurs together. So he does this, Light hatches his whole elaborate plan to get L's real name. Yeah. And it, it's just so... By using his omnipotence powers. How did he even know Watery was a thing? 
Yeah, I yeah. don't think... And how the fuck is Watery his real name? <laughs> I just don't think Watery. Light ever saw Watery even once. Like, in the original series, he knew who Watery was because he was working on the investigation team, but in this, they're completely separate because there is no team. It's just L and Light's dad. Hey, hold on a second. I just realized a giant fucking plot hole. Okay, you remember the thing with the Japanese lettering that he had people write in their cells with their own blood? Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Vaguely. So, yeah, so obviously we already know that the people don't actually need to know that shit in order to be able, capable to, of doing it because the Death Note commands them. Because he essentially has practically control over reality. So therefore, especially given as we find out Watery himself didn't fucking know either. Therefore... Why didn't Light just take like a random criminal he was gonna kill anyway and writes down criminal investigates Light uh, sorry criminal investigates L's real name and then tells Light before dying on this phone number? Bam, problem solved. Shrug. Shrug. It's not a very well put together movie, is what we're saying here. Again, especially yeah, at the it's end. It's hilarious though. It's hilarious that the book has a shit ton of rules, but none of them are ever really explained. <laughs> yep. Like, nothing is actually made clear in the yeah, series, I think like, how this thing works. The only rules that are explicitly mentioned are, you can control someone for two days, you have to know their name and face to kill them. Uh, is there a time limit on running the cause of death? Because there was in the original, but I don't know if there is in the movie. I don't, I don't, I don't know uh... if they even have a default time for death, because... Yeah, originally, it's just, you have 40 seconds to do anything, or they'll just die of a heart attack. In the movie... No, they don't. It's just, whatever. You, you could just write whatever, and it works. It just works. <laughs> yeah, they they don't have a default time for death, and no, it was never made clear at what point you actually have to write it so down. the movie has, like, two rules. You need to know the name and face, and the death has to be physically possible, but... Technically. Yeah, physically possible is really stretched to the limits in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, it seems to be the only limit is that it has to be, like, literally possible within the laws of physics. It doesn't matter how ridiculous or implausible or nonsensical it is, or the fact that, you know, it requires information that the person in question would not know or have. In and fact, Light even tries to have a conditional death toward the end. In fact, especially so. considering that it seems he can just force knowledge onto people when it's necessary, like with the writing Japanese in blood, even though they didn't understand Japanese and Light doesn't either. No, I think he had Japanese like, people write in Japanese. Well, they were convicts no, they from all over Japanese the world. No, they were Japanese people. It was explicitly said that they didn't know Japanese, which is what made this so eerie to the ah, okay. and to everyone okay, else. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, like he can just people can apparently just be forced to have the knowledge that they need by the, you know, reality warping powers of the Death Note. So if that's the case, then why the fuck didn't Botari know El's real name? Because if you can just have people know how to fucking write Japanese if it's necessary to fulfill the conditions that the Death Note gives, why can't you just have them suddenly know what the fuck else real name is? So fuck you, stupid movie. How about you actually make some goddamn sense for us? No. Oh my god. <clears throat> so, and then there's that whole prom scene where she reveals it was her, and I's like, why don't you just give me the fucking book because you're gonna die, I wrote your name. 
Lol. You, you gotta, you gotta give me the I, book so I can burn the page. I also like that he never points out that he doesn't have any guarantee whatsoever that if he gives her the book officially, she will not just, uh, you know, not burn the page and have well, him supposedly die. Supposedly, she loves him. But, yeah, supposedly, fucking faggot, and. She never seems to realize he could have just taken the death note and written down, like, Mia dies in the fire along with the page that has my name on it. <laughs> or she burns the thing and then goes somewhere where she will never be found and kills herself or anything. That didn't seem to occur to her. Uh, nor to light because he then hatches that other return. Well, he does have as part of the condition that the page with his name floats into a fire and burns. Yeah, I know, but he could have made it just the way that I did it, and uh, just the way that I said it would have been much easier. It would have also not required the stupid, shitty scene at the end. But anyway, and he also never points out to her that even if none of these ideas occur to him, he never actually points out to this bitch that she isn't really in a position to negotiate, because all he would have to say is just, uh, no, I'm not giving you the book. And then it's like, yeah, I'm going to die, but you're not going to get the book that way ever. And Ryuki's just going to take it. Fuck you. <laughs> it's like Light didn't listen at all to Elle's spiel about uh, negotiating from a position of strength. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is like, it's, it's kind of hilariously ironic. And, uh, well, shit. Let's see, where were we? Oh, yeah, right. Okay, so the book. Then he, uh, then he comes up with this fucking ridiculous both elaborate and nonsensical scheme. Oh my god. This is gonna be retarded. Oh boy. So who right, so then you have the to... chase scene after this. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. who oh, wants yeah, to try to sum up this shit? I I can take a stab at it, but it won't be very lucid. <laughs> Just like the movie. Yeah, really. <clears throat> so Light um, has to look up a couple criminals so that he can have his master plan play out, and he tells Mia to meet him at the Ferris wheel, and there's this big chase scene where <laughs> Elle hijacks a police car and comes at Light with a gun, <laughs> and they're running all over the city, just trashing everything in their path, and uh, Elle finally catches up. He starts shooting the gun in the air, <laughs> so Light stops, and he starts shouting, like, it's not my fault. You you can kill someone with the calculus book. And Elle's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Then he gets hit in the head by a Kira worshipper and, and falls unconscious. Light <laughs> takes the gun and runs away. Because, you know, who wants to kill Elle? Let's just ignore him. The gun looked like a children's toy. Yeah, it was like some sci-fi prop gun from a completely different movie. It's so weird. And it was like in a suitcase for some reason. Looked like it was, it was made out special? of chrome. Like, what's so special about this gun? Why is it in a magic yeah. suitcase with all this neon shit on it? And where'd he get it, especially considering he says he doesn't carry a weapon with Maybe him? Maybe it was Watery's gun? Yeah, but why? Seems really impractical, especially if you gotta get it out of the suitcase and then load it. This is so weird. Like, if Watery ever gets mucked, he's like, oh shit, I forgot my suitcase. <laughs> this is such an ass-backwards movie, in so many ways. <laughs> God, this so what happened after the knockout? So Light runs away so he can go to the Ferris wheel and meet Mia. 
Good thing he got that gun, otherwise he couldn't have threatened that other guy into getting them in the Ferris wheel and then shooting the button that stops it. Yeah. There's yeah, so. no, there ain't no getting off this ride, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, so they're in the Ferris wheel car together, talking about the death of him. He's like, give me the fucking book. And Light's trying to convince her not to. Yeah. Also, I just realized something. Because... Like, with them being on the Ferris wheel ride, like, her riding that, this isn't the first time she was riding something when Light was involved, but it's different, because in the case of the Ferris wheel, she actually got off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that hurt. I'm in physical pain. (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) So anyway, so so Mia Mia's like, "I love you," and then she takes the book anyway, and I was like, "No!" And then the Ferris wheel immediately starts collapsing as one of the structural struts just slides off, and you the dream is collapsing. You see Ryuk from a distance, and he just waves at the Ferris wheel, and it crumples, and Light and Mia are sliding out of the <coughs> car, which is conveniently placed over a river. <laughs> she actually got super offended that he wrote her name in the deck. Yeah, like, note. there's this nonsensical debate between them about, oh, you wrote my name in it, how dare you? And he's like, don't take the book or you'll die. <laughs> and she takes the book, of course. That's, yeah. that's actually another thing. Oh, is this where the song says... starts? Yeah, well, yeah. as they're, like, dangling and... I think as Mia starts to fall, it just kicks in, and all of the dialogue fades out, and you see everybody watching, like, Light's dad is there, his mouth is open, and there's just no sound other than that shitty song. What song was it? Because I recognize the song, because it plays at, like, the grocery store. Oh my god, what was the song? It's, like, the lamest I song. I title. Uh, let me see if I can yeah. find, uh... Yeah, go Google something that like real quick, Time because... for Love, something like that. It's, it's, I gotta... Die no time in a Yes! Yes. <laughs> also, I had another point Look I wanted Wonum's to make. name in the death note. Well, should I just say what happens at the end of the Ferris wheel scene first? No, I, I gotta interject real quick because of the, uh, because of the thing with uh, her taking the death note also made no sense. Because Light said, like, well, I wrote your name in it, but it was only, like, if you take the death note, then you're gonna die. Which makes absolutely no sense, because previously the way that it was always established is like, you write shit in the death note, and then the shit that you wrote down happens, even if it kind of defies reality. So, why the fuck would he do that? Because by him writing down, uh, when she takes that thing, she dies, she's gonna take that thing and die. Because, well, that's what I said earlier, Light tries to have a conditional death. Even though the yeah. first rule, the first thing you see when you open it is, the human whose name is written in this will die. So Light took yeah, that to mean, oh, you can specify clauses and conditions now for when the death will activate. It's it's like playing an RPG and you've got that one asshole that tries to rules lawyer his way out of his character dying. Because yeah. <laughs> I know the rocks didn't actually technically fall on me. Uh, they were dropped from this height, 
which kind of makes it different because in this one really obscure splat book it says that I can have rock damage as this instead. <laughs> Therefore, I would survive with one health point. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like trying to convince her she won't die even though he wrote her name. And, uh... Fucking idiot. You're right. Then they fall out of the Ferris wheel and as she falls, Mia grabs... Oh my god! That's right! It was Take My Breath Away! It's that fucking song yeah. from Top Gun. What? They take my breath away. Blom, blom, blom. Blom, blom, blom. Like, I can't hear that song anymore. I know that I song. I can't hear that song anymore because, well, I mean, it's always sucked. But, like, especially because I, I saw the riff tracks of Top Gun, which is great. And when they play that song of Top Gun, the guys in riff tracks keep making fun of that synth bass line. So now I can't hear that song without hearing like Mike Nelson or Bill Corber go blum 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 blum. Yeah, the fucking the the love song from Top Gun is what starts fucking playing at that Ferris wheel scene. That's why me and my brother started laughing. No, it's it's symbolic because it's like oh, I can't live without you, and she's dying. So therefore, no, 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 no. Take my breath away. It played, but that's not where it played. It was I Don't Want to Live Without Your Love by Chicago. That was the song. Yeah, Don't Want to Live Without Your Love. Yeah. And they play that over the climax. Yeah. like it's That is like <laughs> your the song that's safe for your grandma. That's why they play it in the fucking grocery store. And they're playing it at the climax of the Death Note movie. Fucking Chicago. Chica- the music of Chicago should be nowhere near Death Note. Or anyone else. <laughs> fucking... I mean, goddamn, Maximum the Hormone really shouldn't be anywhere near Death Note, and they put that in there. They should have played that song. <laughs> what a people! <laughs> but, God, yeah, that's right, it was, Shit. it was I Don't Want to Live Without Your Love by Chicago. I don't want to live without your love. Like, oh my <laughs> God! That was literally our, our shared response when that song kicked in, my brother died. It wasn't, it wasn't in unison, but it was close. It sort of joined, oh my God! Because we both recognized that fucking song. My brother- They should have just, they, sh- they should have just played him, ooh, I should say. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. That would have been fantastic. Really? You played this at the climax of Death Note? The fucking love ballad by Chicago? Love by grandmas the world over? Can't be that song because the whole soundtrack is supposed to be 80s stuff, even though there's no indication this is set in the 80s. (laughs) Well, because it's all got this like 80s retro sound to it. My brother kept talking about it when we were watching. He's like, it's like movies are all doing this now and it's so weird. And he loves 80s synth shit, but it's just kind of weirding him out that it's just now in movies where it doesn't belong. Like, oh, say this one. Just imagine them falling from the Ferris wheel and then I just died in your arms tonight kicks in. Would have been better than fucking I don't want to live without your love. <laughs> fucking Chicago? Fuck off. This is the dumbest shit. I forget where Take My Breath Away plays. It plays in there. Because I remember the boom, 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 because I was telling my brother about that. Maybe it was trick. Oh, it was the school ball. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, it was the song playing during prom. prom. Yeah. <laughs> it was shit. Yeah. Fucking. Who the fuck plays that? I don't fucking know. No, certainly nobody now. We've been like, fucking, it's getting hot in here, so take off all your clothes. That's they play proms now. Should have been that song. <laughs> 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 
Give me so hot, I'm gonna take my clothes off. Just in the background while she's telling him how he, how she tricked him. He's gonna die. How do you? It's just. Rick is just in the background dancing. Oh, oh no, 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 even better. Like, she's sitting whispering about her playing with the Death Note and in the back of here. One, two, the three, three, the four, three, the four. I like big pussy and I like big three. How do you crib from the Top Gun soundtrack and not have Highway to the Danger Zone? Like, imagine Ryuk demolishing the Ferris wheel and then that starts playing. <laughs> no, even better. Even better. That's what it plays for the Death Note murder montage instead of like fucking gothic opera music like in the fucking anime. It's like, and he does like the, the pen swi- swipe from the anime, the dramatic pen swipe, but it's highway to. Like as soon as it's highway, he's going to do the pen swipe. Danger zone! Camera's. Someone make an AMV. The camera's like swinging above him as he's writing names. Danger zone! Or alternatively, they should have done that one thing that I think Saturday Night Live did when they parodied the... I think it was the OC, right? When they parodied that scene, like, every time someone gets killed in the montage by the Death Note, should just start anew with, mmm, watch, mmm, mmm, watch, say, mmm, watch. I want somebody to splice that into the latter guillotine scene. <laughs> yes. <coughs> oh, my Jesus. And then, like, the the page falls and it floats down and, and <coughs> L watches... L sees it burn, and that's supposed to establish how he knows that the Death Note is a thing now that works. Yeah, Mia falls, hits the shore, and dies. Light falls in the water, and he gets fished out and put in a medically induced coma because it was all part of his plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he specified two other people would help him out. Like one of them would fish the Death Note from the river, then give it back to Light and commit suicide, and the other was. An evil doctor who uh, puts a light in a coma, and then uh, he dies, too. Rapes him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't say nothing. <laughs> I mean, a couple of balls while I'm here. Well, he, he did enlist a pedophile in his plans, so... <laughs> exactly, he rapes people who are asleep <laughs> in medically induced cults. <laughs> <laughs> the irony. So, so you got a little something jangling there. I mean, you got your book back, and uh, I might as well, uh, you know, I don't have anywhere else to be now. Why well, You're a biggest. Make the most of this time together. Oh, well, shit. So Light has everything set up so that this guy will keep writing names in the notebook while he's in a coma, thus proving to L that he isn't the culprit. And L doesn't buy it, but the police do, and they're like, you, you're you not welcome to this city anymore. <laughs> so L has to leave, and as he's sitting in the plane on the runway, he figures out, wait, Light mentioned a calculus textbook when I had him at gunpoint. Maybe that's significant. <laughs> so he goes, also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the point of that whole deception if Light just tells his dad at the end anyway? To fool L, even though L doesn't buy it at all. So there's yeah, no point. Like, what the there's fuck? literally no point. Yeah, and even if the authorities <laughs> buy it, like his father already knows now. What the shit? I think he just wanted to get rid of Mia. <laughs> That's what that was really about. Well, that that is reasonable, but he should have just done that at the beginning of the movie. What an asshole. But 
L is remembering his uh, conversation with Light, and he says, No, stop the plane! <laughs> and he jumps off and goes to Light's house and looks in the textbook and finds the page with the FBI members' names on it. And he thinks really hard about killing Light with a notebook. Yeah, and that's supposed to be the cliffhanger ending. Even though, literally, in order for there to be a sequel with Light, he'd have to not die. Or alternatively, we're never going to get a sequel anyway, so either way it's pointless. Yeah, we ain't getting a sequel, so... Even though L would never use the notebook, unless it's on himself, because that's what he did in the Japanese well, movies. This, this... Well, this one's black, so, you know... Because that's the way they resolve things in the Japanese movies. L wins in those because he writes his own name in the notebook, which stops Light from using it to kill him. And then L's able to prove, aha, you wrote my name, you were actually evil all along, and then L dies anyway. The Japanese movies are silly. But they're still way better than the American version. <laughs> Wasn't there a scene where Light humps his gravestone? <laughs> I, I know there was one. That was basically, the anime, I'm pretty sure. It was, basically, what we're learning... No, that was in the What movie. we're learning is uh, you really shouldn't Not try to make one. a movie adaptation of Death Note. It just doesn't work. I, yeah, I will say, though, doesn't. one last compliment I can give. The cinematography was pretty good. This movie. It was well-directed. It kind of annoyed me that there were Dutch angles everywhere. I didn't notice a lot of Dutch angles. I noticed a lot of, like, um... <clears throat> like... If anything, really straight on, like, overhead shots and shit. Like, crazy, put the camera on the ceiling shit. Like, stuff like that. And, like, the, the, like, when she, when Mia <laughs> fell and hit that flower truck and the pedals go everywhere. Like, a lot of direct framing, if anything. I don't remember, remember a lot of Dutch angles. I do think all the Ryuk scenes are well shot. Yeah. They were pretty good about not making the CGI really just obvious. Yeah. I mean, you and can that. tell, but they don't shove it at you and, like, have it really well-lit and stuff. So you can kind of buy it. Hmm. Again, anything relating to Ryuk is the best part of the movie. Yeah, like, a lot of the time Ryuk is just, like, the shadow with two glowing eyeballs, and that's all you can see of him. Yeah. Also, now that I think about it, the entire events of the movie could have been avoided <clears throat> if light wasn't such a fucking beta... And put up with this obvious serial killer with borderline genocidal ambitions just because he wanted to get his dick wet. Yeah, he didn't need anything from her. The Shinigami eyes don't even exist in this. <laughs> and it was probably pretty bad, too. Hence the Ferris wheel joke earlier. <laughs> Not to mention, considering that he already doesn't have a compunction about just killing people willy-nilly... And the Death Note apparently is the magic reality controlling device. Why wouldn't he have just killed two birds with one stone? Is like, uh, Mia goes to have sex with me and it's really awesome and then she goes somewhere and kills herself. Because she can't live with having sex, having had sex with me. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. More like date rape note. So, so what we're getting at, because I think it's about the end of the movie, we're getting at this movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> right, the only only other thing is Light explaining everything to his father, who's just like, eh, okay. Yeah, Light's father seemed to take take the news oddly well. He said, yeah, so, uh, so you're Kira, huh? Alright. Uh, my son killed like a thousand people. Eh, whatever. Whatever, I mean... You win some, you I mean, some. I'm just, I gotta get back to my bands on tour. 
Mm, yeah. Maybe he just really hates black people. Like you see how he treated all <laughs> when he made perfectly reasonable accusations. <laughs> right, El just shows up in their house. Your son's Kira, and Light's dad puts him in a headlock. <laughs> yeah, is that your copy here? No, I got a warrant. A warrant to is that your copy here? <laughs> a warrant to do what? Just sit there him. and harass them. That's what that was doing. He just shows up with a wart and starts shouting at them. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. And and then he steals all the shit from the house. <laughs> You're just gonna run that joke into the ground, aren't you? <laughs> just like Light's girlfriend. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that... Uh... The movie is hot garbage, but it wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be. They were ma- people were treating this like this was fucking Dragon Ball Evolution 2. It was not that bad. It's bad. But there have been worse. Uh, at least Light didn't summon fart clouds from his hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, there were things to compliment about this movie. The, you know, Ryuk was great in general. Performance of the guy playing L was fantastic. Light's dad was pretty good. Cinematography was good. The deaths were just, just wonderfully goofy. So what's the worst romance, this one or the one in Dragon Ball Evolution? Hmm. I guess Goku wasn't a total cuck in Dragon Ball Evolution, so I'd say this one. <laughs> also, Chi-Chi wasn't literally Hitler. <laughs> well, I mean, she is in the anime, <laughs> but that's neither or another. I was waiting, I was waiting. How's he gonna, how's he gonna, you, you know he's, he's cooking something. Uh, so, I think that's about it. I mean, I don't know why you needed us to tell you the movie's bad, but the movie's bad. Don't watch it. Well, I don't know. You can watch it if you want to see for yourself what it's like. If you need a sleeping aid. Just look aid. up all the Ryuk scenes. Eh. If someone does a Ryuk supercut, you really don't need to watch the movie. Um, then you can imagine it's a demo reel for a much better movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I should just make like a fan film interspliced with those scenes. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bad overall. Yeah, that's about all I have to say about that. You guys want to add anything? Fuck movies. No. <laughs> movies make me want to be dead. So, from all of us here at the other side, I'm Cody Byron. I'm Max Vader. Saying, if movies make you want to be dead so much, then I guess we'll have to write your name in the death note. Blah! We're going out on that fucking joke. Die.